Welcome back to episode 141 of the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Seaman's producer. And this is Sana Manet, director of content and character development. Uh, welcome back uh, to the podcast, and specifically to the Voices of Marvel segment. Mm. My favorite segment that we do, uh, because we get to talk to the many uh, cool and important creators who have made Marvel what it is today. Um, and what I love about it is that we get to talk to uh, a lot of folks who are probably new to comics and who have been doing some awesome things out in uh, the world of media and entertainment and have decided to grace their presence in the Marvel <laughs> Comics pages. Um, and speaking of which, of, uh, of a very graceful presence, I should say, uh, is uh, we have Nicole Perlman with us, um, a screenwriter and now comics writer of Gamora. Nic- Nicole, welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to be here. Yes, this is uh, pretty awesome because, um, one, we love it when we have female creators uh, joining uh, the, the Marvel team, if you will. Um, but it's 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 great because you actually have been relatively familiar with Marvel for a while because you started out as uh, a screen a screenwriter for Guardians of the Galaxy, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, what happened? I mean, what happened there? How how did we get you to write comics for us? Considering you're writing <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty well, awesome movie, I should say. Yeah. No. I mean, it's um, it, it was kind of in a strange way a little bit of a reversal of how I, I think some of it happens for other writers where maybe they go from comics to writing screenplays for, for me, it was, uh, uh, you know, I I was always a big fan of graphic novels growing up and it wasn't really until I started working for Marvel in 2009, um, that I was exposed to just like the, the massive universe and the breadth of all the different characters and, um, and the real history that every character had. And so as I was familiarizing myself with who all the guardians were so I could figure out who I wanted to be in the movie, I ended up getting hooked. You know, I, I got very, uh, uh, just reading stacks and stacks and stacks of comic books. Um, I, I realized I just had to keep doing this and I had to learn more and um, dive deeper into the world. So I feel like my comic book education has uh, been an enormous um you know, on an enormous learning curve since then. And, uh, and I'm just in awe of all the different kinds of stories that can be told this way. So, uh, when I got the call from, uh, Bill Roseman a couple of years ago about Gamora, well, what he actually had offered me was any of the characters that had an available arc. And when I said I was drawn to Gamora, he was like, Oh good. That's the one that I was hoping you'd pick. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, and, and I had a window. So of course that window ended up getting uh, shifted around a little bit along with all the other elements involved in, in getting a story uh, out there. So it was a little while before I could actually write the story. Um, but it's been such an incredible, incredible opportunity to get to dive deep into Gamora. What is it about Gamora in particular that you're you're drawn to? Well, I think that she is a, a character with a really dark past um, who's got an incredibly good heart. And so I think there's something, she's got a little bit of a survivor um, aspect to her that I find um, just to be an incredibly 
deep and emotional experience. And it's something I think a lot of people can relate to who have had rough childhoods or experienced trauma in their lives. And, and I know that sounds like really heavy and dark, but she's also really fun. And she's got just like a great dynamic attitude towards, um, towards her family and towards other people. And I just, I don't know, I think there's, there's so much to play with uh, regarding Gamora. But what, what really drew me to her was that I felt even before I was offered the comic, but when I was working on Gamora uh, for Guardians, was I felt that there was an untold story um, regarding how she went from being uh, a ward of Thanos and his assistant um, to being somebody who wanted to fight for good on the Guardians, and uh, and I and I thought of it from a, a from a personal perspective. We've all had people in our lives who really. Um, shift our perspective on who we are and who we could be. So I, I wanted to do um, a story about a person that she encounters who who changes her perspective on, on what kind of person she could be. And uh, and I wanted to do it in sort of a like enemy mind style 1980s homage. So that mm. was that was where I was coming from with uh, with Gamora. And this is and this is sort of a young, I guess a younger Gamora um, right? Like this is more based on sort of, uh, you know, a big part of her evolution process right back in the day. That's right. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she's 18 in, in, um, my version. So, um, so she's still young enough that it's kind of at that stage, you're, you're, um, I feel like you can become very cemented in what your identity is. And I think there are, there are certain, ages in which we are more likely to have like a pretty big shift of perspective. Um, Mm. And so I was hoping to do, uh, to catch Gamora while she's still young enough that she can have a seed of doubt planted in her mind that might take a while to really fully blossom to the point where she's ready to become a guardian. But it's that first moment of, of, you know, is this narrative that I've told myself about who I am and what kind of person I am, is that really the narrative that is true? Is that the only uh, version of the way my life has to play out? And just just having that little like cracking the door open a little bit. Um, I think it's I think 18 is a good age for that to happen. Yeah. You know, that's so it's so great. You're telling that story because I've always found Gamora to be this character that I was so fascinated with. But I just couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't figure out where to go next with her. Like, how do you penetrate the surface, and and figure out what's what's within her? Because she seems to have so much potential, and yet we we tend to drive past it in a lot of the stories. So it's really great that you're able to dive in a little bit deeper and give and give folks like a real understanding of of who she is. Um, you know, particularly as Guardians characters are getting more popular, but. You know, we've got we've got the the second film coming out, so <laughs> it, it's a great it's a great primer. Yeah, and you know, I think that there's something interesting about relationships that are kind of love hate relationships, and and even though uh, Thanos was not a uh, a good father figure in her life, um, you know, he saved her life and he raised her and he did teach her a lot of survival skills, but um, you know, a lot of the things that we use to survive. Um, because we're going through something really rough may not be something that we need to carry with us throughout the rest of our lives. You know, it's, it's something that can hinder us from becoming like the, the reaching our full potential. And so I know this sounds very like therapy talk, I guess, but I think a lot about, you know, I really, I really think about Gamora in these terms and that she had a really, really rough childhood and she had to kill people and she was trained to kill people. And she was, uh, she was given love in exchange for, for violence. And so I thought like, 
how do you take somebody who has had like the most warped childhood experience and and have them come to the point where they be, where they can be a hero? And I knew that I, I couldn't tackle that entire journey in just the uh, the issues that I was going to be doing. But um, I wanted to start that 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 opening of that of her heart and the opening of her mind. Yeah, I mean, uh, comics are a therapy for a lot of people. So you know, sing it, sister. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> So that so more of a process question. I mean, you've written film scripts, which are sort of similar in style to comic scripts, but they're also slightly different. What was the process moving from writing a, you know, a couple hundred page film script to writing the 20 page or so script for comics? Uh, you know, it was uh, it was tough. I had to I had to look at a lot of different um, a lot of different scripts and compare them to the comics just to see different styles and formats. Um, and it was a challenge, but a good one. And I think it it really helped me, um, in a sense, develop almost a directorial eye um, for how much. Uh, you know, an action scene, how many panels that's going to take up. When you're writing an action scene or in a screenplay, you can just describe it in a few sentences. But um, but with a a comic, you know, you have to be very economical in your choices of of who you're focusing on, what emotional moments to pull out, um, you know, how to make sure things are clear. Uh, So I actually have been learning a ton from watching um, or from reading the notes, the editorial notes, so that I, I understand what visual links are necessary necessary between panels just to make sure that the flow is right. So I'd say in some ways it was really dif- di- really different um, from writing a screenplay, but in another way, it, it's like storyboarding a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I find it very, I, I feel like there's a lot that crosses over um, and has actually been really helpful with screenwriting ultimately. Yeah, I mean, also remember your special effects and production budget is uh, limitless. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. You can do whatever you want, blow up all of the things, uh, bring in, you know, a bunch of extra characters if you need. I mean, only the person that's going to suffer is the artist. <laughs> right, right, that's true. And Marco has been very, very patient and very kind with me, which is great. Uh, you know, I will say another thing, too, is that having the ability to to have the, the character's internal thoughts, you know, that's, uh, yeah. it's, it's really tempting. I have to be very careful because I think it, my, my tendency is, oh, great, I'm going to go really deep into what she's thinking and I have to pull myself back right. um, because it's not, it's something you don't really do with screenwriting and voiceover is very, very lightly used, if at all, um, in most movies uh, for a reason. And I think, I think there was, um, you know, just having the internal monologue in, in you know, very like as a, a, spi- a spice lightly used, um, but it, it was another element of, of comic book writing that I was very excited about. So, do you hear Zoe Saldana when you're when you're writing her <laughs> <laughs> the, the narrative thoughts? <laughs> you know, because she's 18, I, I don't hear Zoe particularly. Okay. Uh, but I, I, it is kind of nice to have Zoe in mind, um, just as as this character who is light, and yeah. even though she has a lot of pathos. Um, you know, Zoe was really, really friendly and kind to me when I met her on the set. And I, uh, and I just, I think that having that image in my mind of like, Gamora has this ability to be very, to be happy. And I think it's important to remember that that's, um, that's where, where I would hope her character 
goes, you know, I want her to be a happy character eventually or find her peace and find mm-hmm. her, her truth and her strength. And obviously she does by joining the Guardians and having all of her adventures. But um, but it, sometimes when you're writing a character who's going through a lot, you have to hold an image in your mind of, of like hopefully one day they will they will be this person. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your um, your history and how you got into writing and screenwriting in particular. But, um, you know, did you know, is this something that you thought you you would do when you were a kid? Did you stumble upon it? Um, How did you get into all of it? Um, Well, my family is um, I, I, I like to talk about my family the way people who are. Uh, athletes, if, if their parents were football parents or something, you know, where yeah. they made them go to a lot of games and they were there cheering them on. My, my parents were like that, but for writing, for my brother and I. So That's we're adorable. Very <laughs> yeah, it's good. I think, you know, my, my father is a very good writer, um, but he had a lot of pressure from his mother growing up to be, you know, a doctor. Um, mm. So he went into medicine and he was oh, a great, wow. a great doctor, but he always had that sort of dream of, I wish that I could have pursued my writing more. So um, when my brother and I each demonstrated some desire to, uh, to get into creative writing when we were really young, uh, he very, very much pushed us and, and encouraged us. Um, so, uh, you know, for example, for Hanukkah, a lot of a lot of people do gifts. And, and for us, when we were kids, we had to perform something that we had written every night at Hanukkah. Uh, we had to, you know, we could also take breaks and make art or whatever. But like, for the most part, it was you would go and you would write something and you would read it out loud uh, at the dinner table. So it was it was very much like incorporated into our our family's um, culture, I would say. So uh, so there was that. My brother and I were very competitive. Um, when, uh, when, when the first issue of, of Gamora came out, my dad called and he said, he's like, this seems really familiar. He's like, this, this the sibling infighting feels really familiar. <laughs> he's like, he's like, and Nikki, you weren't Gamora. <laughs> you were Nebula. So I thought, I thought that was, uh, that was pretty funny. Um, but yes, we were, we're a very writing heavy family. So I always knew I wanted to do something. Uh, with with writing, and um, I went to school originally uh, for playwriting. I went to NYU, uh, the Tisch undergraduate program for for uh, playwriting, and I transferred or I double majored rather in filmmaking. So I was doing dramatic writing and television and theater, um, television and film production. Uh, so I mean, so that was it. Your end goal was like, I'm going to be a screenplay writer. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I think it, it, freshman year it was I want to be a playwright, and then it transitioned to I want to be able to you know feed myself, <laughs> but <Right>. also <laughs> I want to be able to write. A, I want to write a vi- visual stories as well, and which doesn't mean I don't want to go back into theater because I do. But I think um, the uh, the film track is is one way, and the theater track is another way. And while there can be certainly lots of intersection um mm-hmm. it helps to be on the on the east coast i think um if you're going to be pursuing uh playwriting um but i i went down the screenwriting path because i just i really enjoy big visual colorful films and i wanted to explore that i mean it was like was something like a marvel on your mind like superhero the superhero world or is this sort of like where did i end up <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I think I, I, it started for me just with characters, um, and I, I really enjoy um, movies with great visual spectacle, and I love blockbuster, fun, adventure movies. Um, 
so I, I don't think I had any concept. I don't think I had any clue that that was something that was available or open to me. Um, but I started I started with character driven um, screenplays, and that uh, and so several of those ended up being about space or science or aviation, things of those nature of that nature, because I those are interests of mine. And it led to uh, Marvel reaching out and. Um, Having a, I had a meeting with them where they invited me to apply for this program that uh, that I was in for two years, where I chose Guardians as a uh, as a film to develop, and so I developed that for two years, and then they brought me back in to do more work on it uh, freelance. So it was uh, that was my first genre movie, um, and then since then I've been doing a lot of different genre films. So that I'm involved on uh, a couple big ones, obviously Captain Marvel and. Uh, Detective Pikachu, which is a Pokemon movie. Oh my god! And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then I've got a, a science fiction. Uh, I've got a science fiction TV show that I'm uh, writing for Amazon Studios uh, this year. Nice. Also, nice. yeah. So it's going to be a busy year. My nephew, my nephew's ears definitely just put per, uh, perked up somewhere. Pikachu, Pikachu, yeah. Pikachu. He loves. Oh my god, Pikachu. loves Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be. It's going to be cool. That's awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, so basically my, my, you know, I think sometimes my, my representatives get a little annoyed with me because I like all sorts of movies. I like doing lots of different kinds of stories, <laughs> and I think it would be easier for them if I just chose one thing and stuck with it. But, yeah, um, but yeah that's uh, – luckily I'm in a place right now where I feel like I can um, – I can just write what I what excites me, and and we'll see what happens next. I mean, that's incredible that you can actually shift genre so quickly and easily. I mean, um, I mean, it might not be easy, but that you can it's shift. It's not easy. Yeah, sorry, yes, <laughs> but that you can. But no, shift. I mean, we'll see. I, I hope. I hope it does. I hope. Uh, I hope it, it it transfers. I think right. there's different skill sets, but um, I'm I'm working on adapting. My my pet project is for me to direct, and um, at the end of the year, I'm going to be doing a proof of concept for a, a very grounded science fiction, which is a science fiction short story that I'm adapting, and uh, and so that's it's still science fiction, but it's different in tone from like a Marvel movie or, a, you know, a, a Pokemon movie and very different in terms of scale, of course, in terms of budget. So uh, so it's, it's all, you know, it's all just different experiences of um, being creative and trying to, to find a good story. When you switch genres, do you, like, how long does it take for you to go from, from like a sci-fi drama to a Pikachu or whatever? Like, what's the research process? Oh man! I mean, I'm, I'm usually doing research right up until the last moment on everything because I, I, I tend to find ideas come from research, you know, in a lot of ways. Like, the, the, even if the thing that you're researching doesn't doesn't end up in the film, it sparks something that does, you know. Um, and I, I'm just really I'm, I'm very interested in people. I'm very interested in in things that that we don't necessarily know about history or the world um, or science. And uh, a lot of times those lead to really um, mind-blowing story points, you know. And, and I, I, like, I, I have, uh, I was talking to some quantum physicists the other day, and, and I was like, I have this thing that I'm trying to figure out. I'm not quite sure how to do it. And they suggested something that was brilliant. And I was just like, that was what? I'm like, I have to put that in. But I could, I, eventually I found out I couldn't put it in for other reasons. But there was, like, that that little concept that I got from them. I'm like, I could, I could do a whole movie about that, you know. Um, wow. So I would say... I would say I am always keeping notes. I'm always 
um, pulling articles. If anytime I read anything that's, that I think there's some sort of seed or spark to that, I will pull it out and I will put it in a pile and, um, and hope that one day I can dive back in and, and um, do something with it. That's pretty amazing. So, I mean, do you have any advice for fans out there who want to be a screenwriter? Yeah. Um, gosh, it is a, it, it's a little bit like being like wanting to be an actor or an actress in the sense that so much of it isn't about, so much of it is about being in the right place at the right time. Um, it's, it's hard in that there's not one particular path. It's not like, you know, I went to school for dramatic writing, but it's not, uh, there's not like, then you get an internship and then you get hired. It doesn't tend to work that way. Um, everybody I know who's a professional screenwriter has become a writer in a different way. Mm. So I, I would say that, that in terms of the path, that's, that's hard to, it's hard to prescribe, but I would say that it's really important to have a group of people that you trust, that you can show your work to and get notes on and get feedback and, um, develop, a uh, develop a good relationship, a good working relationship with your own with your own ego, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, like just, that's just, yeah. And I think it, it crosses like all all forms of writing or all forms of art. But just being able to to take advice or cr- criticism in a way that doesn't feel like you know they're kicking you in the teeth every time because the job is getting kicked in the teeth, especially if you're a screenwriter uh, and you're not financing your own movie and shooting your own movie. Like really, you you're it's a collaborative effort, um, and so. So you'll you'll find incredible allies out there, um, but it's just really really good from an early age to start forming a network of people you trust who can um, guide you and support you and um, and who you guys can learn from each other. Would would you say it's like a balance of you know knowing knowing when to to, to stick to your guns and then also knowing how to apply that critique. And, and being open to it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a creative advisor for the Sundance Labs, the screenwriting labs, and so I was just there last month. And what I, what I told all of the fellows in the program who I, uh, who I was mentoring, I, I said, anything that I tell you, take what's helpful and ignore what isn't, mm. you know. And, and so it's not like anything that you find isn't helpful for whatever reason, just ignore it. But if you get that same note from a lot of people, you might want to, you know, really question what, what it is about this thing that you're holding on to mm-hmm. that, that could be expressed in a different way. Cause a lot of times, you know, the, the sort of Hollywood speak is what's the note behind the note. So somebody might tell you like, Oh, I want you to give your bad guy leprosy. And you're like, why would I do that? Why would I ever <laughs> give my bad guy leprosy? That's a terrible idea. But, um, you know, first of all, you never want to tell the producer that that's a terrible idea because they don't they don't like being told that. But also, <laughs> um, also like it's part of the part of the skill of being a writer is like saying, oh, that's interesting. Let me go think about that. Yeah. Um, and then and then saying, well, it seems to me like you're you're you want to see some like uh, some vulnerability or some human flaw uh, or weakness on part. Is that what you're looking for? And if they're like, yeah, yeah, we're looking for some sort of vulnerability or weakness, then you can propose a different one, you know, or something uh. that you are behind without having to actually give your that guy that's a really really great note I hope anyone listening out there who is an aspiring writer whether comics writer screenwriter whatever uh, prose writer that is a fantastic note is thinking about the reasoning behind why a note is given and finding a way to a- apply that because I think fundamentally that's what at least from an editor editorial point of view there are moments where I would give a note and 
try to also understand what I'm looking for, but generally, like, I need to have a little bit more of a conversation as to what, you know, what what it is that that, that is, in, is bugging me. Because, you know, as much as we might be sort of, quote unquote, calling the shots, it's also... Uh, the creative process can be so amorphous and so difficult sometimes um, that you need to have that sort of back and forth and that creative, that creative collaboration. Uh, but that's very helpful. Yeah. yeah. Also, you know, I find that a lot of times if I'm given something like that, where at first it feels like a big obstacle, a lot of times great stuff will come out in that conversation. And you'll yeah. be like, well, maybe we could try this or we could try that. And then like the fifth or sixth option will be an option that was really, really great. And you realize that that's what the story is truly about, you mm-hmm. know, and there, there's so, there really is a, I think, given getting over that pushback as quickly as possible to make it be a productive conversation instead of a battle of wills is, uh, is a really good skill. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the worlds that we live in, like creative co- collaboration is so, is so key. Um, and even for me, like, as like, you know, uh, what the times that I do, right. I feel like I rely so much on other people's input and points of view because I, I, you write in a bubble, you can't write in a bubble if you expect, expect the world to, to participate and, and react to your work. Right. Um, totally. so, uh, that's fantastic. Very, very helpful work. I feel like I want to attend a seminar, your Sundance seminar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, so you mentioned that you are doing other work. I want to give a quick and very special shout out to the fact that you are writing, uh, the screenplay to Captain Marvel, which is uh, coming out in, 2019, no big deal. Only one of the most important movies to come out specifically for the women of Marvel audience, <laughs> or in general Marvel audience. Yeah, Marvel audience, yes. yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But that will be so. So no uh, real pressure, but also don't screw <laughs> it up. Pressure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no real pressure, but pressure. The Carol Core will find you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're an aggressive group. <laughs> Very aggressive they really group. are. They're amazing. Um, They're really, really fantastic. But but couldn't be more excited. And we will talk about that hopefully once we get a little bit closer to a bit more information on Captain Marvel. Uh, guys, come back to a podcast where Nicole will talk about all of the amazing things that she's done, obviously. For sure. Yes. <laughs> but while you're waiting, you can pick up Gamora. It's yes. on stores now, up to issue... I believe issue two is out currently. Yes. Um, That's right. So very, very, again, the artist is uh, Marco Cacchetto, um and uh, Nicole and Marco uh, have a really beautiful vibe going on. It's, it's fantastic so far. I haven't read forward, um, but what I've, I've read so far, I've very much enjoyed, and it's just a great insight into the world of young Gamora. So be sure to check it out, share it with your friends, uh, comic shops, and uh, Marvel, the Marvel app. Marvel Unlimited com- or Marvel Digital Comics. Comics. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it'll be on Unlimited in six, six months. months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Very cool. Nicole, is there anything else uh, that you would like to share with the world, slash in particular where they can find you on Twitter or social media? Uh, yes. My uh, my Twitter handle is Uncanny Girl, and uh, I, am, uh, I just wanted to give some love to Marco because he's the most fantastically wonderful, amazing artist ever, and I, I really won the lottery with him. So I <laughs> wanted to throw out, throw out some love um, and to all of my, uh, all of my Marvel editors, um, Katie and Bill and, uh, of course, Christina and Nick. So um, lots, of, lots of love to everybody, and thank you guys so much for having me on this podcast. Yes, thanks for, thanks for having us, uh, for joining us. <laughs> She'll edit that out. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's Monday. Um, 
All right, great. Well, uh, thanks, thanks for being here. Uh, guys, as always, if you have um, any questions, email us at womenof at marvel.com. You can find us on social media and Twitter uh, with the hashtag Women of Marvel. We'll probably also be posting some um, uh, the interiors of uh, Gamora, uh, so be sure to check that out uh, uh, via Twitter. Um, anyway, thanks for joining us, guys. This is Marvel, your universe. Yeah.